This is a Big Timing Comedy production. Welcome backstage. Uh, I'm here to interview Black Sabbath. I'm a journalist. VIP only. Groupies sleep with rock stars because they want to be near someone famous. We're here because of the music. We are band-aids. Are you jumping or am I undermedicated? You're listening to Backstage Pass with Meredith Marks. I'm with the band, okay? about this one just like I am most of my episodes well all of my episodes but this one is a lot of fun and it's being sponsored by Salsa Grill one of my favorite restaurants of all time it's in Woodlawn Maryland off of Security Boulevard and uh, it is a Spanish Latin American restaurant and the owner Jay travels around the world to go find really interesting ingredients for his restaurant my favorite thing in the whole world is spinach and pinatas oh my god they are so good there and he's got an amazing paella too so if you come into town eat salsagrill.com is the website and you want to plan a trip to go and see Jay he's going to tell you all about his Peruvian uh, excursions to go to uh, Peru and pick out interesting spices. And he just actually got, um, I think it's called, he just took a trip to uh, Peru, I believe it was, and he got some weasel poop coffee. Yes, it is a real thing. The weasels poop, they pick out the seeds, they make this coffee. Do you want me to bring you some weasel poop coffee? No. Mike? I drink Wawa. <laughs> Wawa might start carrying weasel poop coffee. It smells really good, actually. <laughs> I smelled it. I'm not drinking it because I don't drink coffee. But um, my friend Stash tried it. Of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> so eatsalsagrill.com. Thank you very much for sponsoring this episode. I want to jump right into it. This guy came over from the U.K., he played at Ram's Head on stage in Annapolis, Maryland, and uh, he played with some uh, local guys, and they were so good. And he's such an interesting character, and what a little huggable teddy bear he is. I sat down with him at Ryan Fowler's Guitar Shop in Towson, Maryland, before he went down to Annapolis. He wrote many of the songs for Whitesnake. He was in Whitesnake with David Coverdale, and now he has an album called Shine, and it's incredible. Here's my talk with Mr. Bernie Marsden. Well, we are here at Ryan Fowler's Guitar Shop in Towson, Maryland, and it's an honor to have you here because it's such an intimate, cool little guitar shop. It's my friend Ryan that owns it. And uh, you just did a little acoustic and a real up close and personal for people. Mm. How do you like doing that? Yeah, I do. It's um, These days there's a lot of people who do in-store stuff and... There's a lot of very fine guitar players around or whatever, and they play really well, but I think most of the people that come to these kind of things, they pretty much know the guy plays the guitar pretty well because that's the very reason they're here. Mm -hmm. So with my extensive past, which a lot of people know a lot of things about, I find it much uh, 
of a pleasure to ask them questions to, or if they want to ask me questions we sure we can talk about guitars and we can talk about my influences but mainly we can just talk about you know music in general and what made me play and what makes them play and stuff and it becomes a, a bit down and personal and, and I, I enjoy that very much it's good it's good it's a nice balance from what yeah. you're used to yeah you're up there you're doing your thing and then you know and they, they might some people might go out well he didn't play much guitar you say, well, come along on Friday to the Ram's Head, and then uh, then you'll see you'll see me doing my job. Today was kind of something to say hello and be and meet people. You know, it's, it's nice. And Ryan's a nice guy. I've met Ryan before. I've played with Ryan, and uh, it's nice to be able to be in a, a lovely day like this today. And uh, it's good to be here in Townsville. Yeah, good weather. Good we weather. Welcomed you well. Yeah, right? I brought I brought the weather with me. That's what's good. Yeah. Thank you, because you're yeah. over in the UK. Yeah, I, it was really really this kind of weather when I left. London in, on Sunday so it's followed me over here so I'm glad it's good perfect yeah well I, I've been listening to shine let's talk about shine for a minute um, okay. your album and and I've been listening to it not what I expected when I put it into my CD player mm. I like to put the CDs into my car and go driving because I feel like when you're driving and you're listening mm. you take it in in a different way I do that yes yeah. Yeah. Um, line and track I love mm -hmm. that's probably my favorite and i can see why you started off the album with yeah. that song yeah. a little um country route to it i mm -hmm. heard a mm -hmm. little bluesy oh more than a little i think uh i i took that from an old lead belly uh, recording which is 1930s i think and i heard a real cool version of it by taj mahal mm. and i kind of mixed the two and i thought well you know it's not an acoustic thing. I can do acoustic, but let's let's put some power into it so that yeah, it's a little mix and match. And a lot of people seem to like it. It's been very popular on stage, and uh, I enjoy playing it. I never sing the correct words, or well, I never sing the words that I sing on the on the album. And on the album, as you've heard, I'm calling out the changes. That wasn't really meant to be there, that because that was us basically doing the track live. Right. And the idea was I would take out me going next verse stop that kind of thing <laughs> and my producer and my my drummer at the time uh said you know what this has such a great vibe you know this is what we're doing this is how it was done and we recorded it at abbey road in london and uh you know really I, that's I, very cool yeah yeah very cool in, is there a whole vibe when yeah, you record at yeah, abbey road because i've heard that absolutely i've talked to other artists who record there and and as opposed to recording other places it's just different there's studios right? there's very good studios there's great studios and there's abbey road <laughs> which is the you? best yeah it's just, you can't top it yeah you just look around the place and you think what's gone on there you know it's it's one of those things so we played it back it had that live vibe and they said man you shouldn't don't don't change don't do it again don't change anything so we didn't and that's what you heard today nicole I love it and yeah. and then you're going through and, and I'm, I'm I love lady friend but when you get to trouble Mm. I mean, that's a classic White Snake sound. Yeah. And you've got David Coverdale. And I've got the classic White Snake singer you, singing you it. You've got him. You've got him. <laughs> First time in 30 years we worked together. It was uh, in a studio anyway. But you wrote Trouble a long time ago. One of the first songs David and I wrote. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then you put it on this album. Why did you decide to add it to this album? Because I asked him if he would play with me, you know, come out and play. And... Uh, he agreed immediately and said, of course, what do you want me to do? And I just said, why don't we do Trouble again? You know, it's what we did when we were kids. It's a great tune. 
and I realized when we started to do it again what a, what a really great tune it is it's very popular on stage always was and uh, he sings it mighty fine and uh, it was it was a pleasure and it was lovely to be you know for us to be in a working environment again it was great and then when you have Joe Bonamassa on Shine, mm. um, I mean, right off the bat, you can just hear Joe Bonamassa. It's yeah, well, very the good clear. The good thing on radio is when Shine is played on the radio, they say, this is Whitesnake, former Whitesnake guitarist on Shine. And there's this fantastic guitar playing in it, and it's Joe Bonamassa. <laughs> but on the radio, nobody knows. But uh, well, they will do now. But uh, now, Joe's been... Uh, a close friend for 10 years now I've known him just about 10 years coming up for 10 years and uh, he was very instrumental in me making Shine and uh, he kind of put me into the framework to do it and then he said I will come play on it and stuff and very very supportive and just uh, it was a, just a joy to have him around and uh, he's a great guy he's a great guitar player and uh, what he contributes to that track is, is just unquestionable it's fantastic and on the download, there's a yeah. instrumental version as well. Oh, really? Yeah. If, you, if you go for a download of it, yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to look for that. That's yeah, pretty cool. It's very rare for me to be able to put something in my CD player these days mm. and be able to listen to every track. Play it through. Yeah. All the way through. And mm. um, Shine, I can do that easily. Oh, good. Thank you. And I know my friend Stash said the same thing. Yeah. From my radio station. He yeah. said, I mean, even I got text messages from him off air right. going, this album's awesome. I can't take it out of it's my a bit car. Of a, it's, it's a bit of a secret album in America. It's, it's, you know, when people get to hear it, you know, it's, it's lovely when people like stuff. I mean, I, we, we tried to make a record of um, enjoyment, you know. I mean, I've been, been around, you know, I've been around long enough to know what I'm doing and stuff. And you, you can't, you, you know, you can't try and pull the wool over people's eyes. I do what I do. I play the guitar. I sing okay. Oh, no, I write you sing pretty good songs. Fantastically. Yeah. Well, I love you. your vocals. Yeah. And I wanted to highlight that, telling you that I felt that in the car. Because well, I'm not you. used to hearing you sing all no. the time. I you know, I, I'm not you know, I'm not I'm not a I'm a guitarist who sings. There's a lot of singer guitarists, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of guys like Warren Haynes who can play and sing just perfectly great. But you and, get a you yeah. get a, a British guy, yeah. You know, yeah. and then all of a sudden you have this like bluesy Southern roots coming through, yeah, and you're I going, hope "So yeah, is this him? Yeah, and you go, do I have the right CD? But it it works. It's great. Well, thanks. Yeah, that that's you know that's what would that's what you're striving for. You know, to 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 give a certain level of performance on those songs. And I always written that way. There's always going to be a blues element in what I do and what I write. That's how I began to play the guitar and. You know, the first person I really listened to in depth was, was Eric Clapton. And that stays with you, you know. You, you try and then emulate your style. You're never going to do that, but you try and retain. I came from a, an era of great, great guitar players. And, you sure did. You know, and I'm lucky for that. And because of that, I'm, I'm able to implement that, you know, to this day. You know, not, not by trying to be there, but by trying to, you know, sort of grab their soul their spirit in what I, in what I do, and I and I'll always have that. Even today, you know, you're thinking of certain things in there. You think, well, you know, you could channel this or you can channel that, and that's what's important. If you if you hang on to what you started with, you know, you, you won't lose it. And you started in the early '70s, correct? As a pro, I started playing guitar probably 1968, something like that. 67. But then really starting to get into yeah. it, starting in the '70s, and then kind of yeah. Kind of going through with a few different bands, and then when you quite a few <laughs> when you formed White Snake um, yeah. with David Coverdale, um, 
you know, talk to me a little bit about songwriting because you're coming out of the 70s, which is this free-spirited, hippie movement, but also this whole beautiful genre of rock, the Stones and Zeppelin. And you're coming into the 80s where, of course, you're going to get into the hair bands, which is what happened mm. big time. And mm. this White Snake was a huge part of that. Yeah. Going from writing songs in the 70s for some of your other bands and then going to writing this, you know, some of these hits for the 80s, mm. what mind frame were you in? And well, Coverdale and doing this. By the time the, the, the you know what they call the big hair bands, Whitesnake was in the forefront of that. But I was not part of that lineup. I just the, the, the what pulls me into the frame is the fact that I wrote the song. Right, but that, it, that, worked it worked later yeah, on yeah, in that decade. Yeah. Is what I'm saying because you started it off. Yeah. In what eighty two? Eighty two. Yeah. Up until eighty two. Yeah. And then yeah. it took off in eighty seven. But yeah. you had to. You know, it was something special there where you guys wrote this song, yeah, a bunch of songs, but I'm talking about Here I Go Again, um, because I'm going to get to that in just a second, mm. of why, um, just kind of knowing how years later this is going to yeah. just take off, and it's the right time for that. In such a big way as well. I mean, just, and continues to this day. Absolutely. Yeah. Then we there play was it on our was, station all the time. There was Fool For Your Loving, there was, you know... Slow and Easy, there was other bits, tracks, stuff that was grabbed from the British side and then was taken over into the American side and then I went into the whole thing which continued through Slip of the Tongue and into, excuse me, into the um, 1987 album which then just went global. Mm -hmm. I was no longer part of the band but I was integral to it because I'd written those songs or whatever. But you've... You saw. Yeah, yeah, that was that that, that was good. But <laughs> the you perk see, of the you, money coming but, through for you. But you don't expect that. You don't you don't write a song. You write a song to be successful. You don't think it's gonna be that big or then that big and then that big and that big and that big and it just keeps going. And here we are how many years later? And it was a, it was played on too British, many years later because I remember it. <laughs> it was it was played on British radio. My daughter sent me a text only this morning saying that Here I Go Again was played on national radio this morning. Now, that's not that unusual, but to be played at 9 o'clock in the morning on the main radio station, which is one station in England. Wow. It's not like here, right? Right. So the whole of the really? country... one station in England? There's only one station, national station, that goes oh. out everywhere. Gotcha. So this is BBC Radio 2, yes. and at 9 o'clock this morning, Here I Go Again was on there. Wow. So the whole country who were listening to the radio, heard Here I Go Again this morning. Yeah. Which will then say, guess what I heard on the radio this morning? And then here I am in Towson playing it acoustically tonight. It never gets old, Bernie. No, it doesn't. People it love doesn't. it. Yeah. People love a good story. I th I feel, and I've and I've, I found this uh, after interviewing all of these wonderful artists that I've had the opportunity to interview, the people that have the stories are the storytellers, mm. or the songwriters, mm. rather. The songwriters have those stories. Mm. Tell us about writing that one song. Well, that song started off in, in, in um, the house I lived in before the one I have now, and was just me, me on the guitar, coming up with a few ideas and putting it together, and then I put it on a cassette and uh, kept it a while, worked it a bit more, and then I took it into the studio when we were recording our last, what was, was turned out to be my last Whitesnake record, 
and I think about a third into the recording sessions I just played it to David and I said I've got an idea I think for a good ballad here and I think we'll sing it well but we'll, I want to approach it a different way it's almost almost a sort of Beatlish beginning you know that sort of kind of very quiet mm -hmm. stuff he, he, he really really liked it immediately and I, he liked the idea of and I sang the chorus line to him and he said, oh, well, that's a great idea. And I think we changed around the first verse, became the last verse or whatever. But, you know, we pretty much knocked it into shape, not quickly, but thought about it, went away together, went away separately, and then come back, what about this? How does this work? I think that bit would work here. It was crafted uh, to the extent where we knew we had something pretty good. And it was a hit in England. It was a big, it was top 10 in England. You know, the first time I look, that gets forgotten a lot with with the enormous success of the '87 version. But it was a top ten record in England, so so it was it was released in '82. '82, yeah, yeah. Okay, became a top ten, and then kind of stayed under the radar, and then came back in '87. Well, that, that, right? then the original band split. David moved to America, and he signed with Geffen Records, and I think the head of Geffen Ref Records at the time. Artistically, was a guy called John Kolodner, very famous guy in the business. He had a copy of Saints and Sinners. He liked it. And he said to David, if we put the right lineup together, i.e. the modern guys, mm -hmm. and we record this song again, we have a smash. And he was correct. So I have total respect for John Colonna yeah. and the and the powers that be at Gavin Records. He got that right. He got it right. He did. But as people have said to me, yeah, but without the song, there would have been nothing. Which is true. It's true. So everybody wins. And we have to talk about, I'm going to make mention of it, even though you weren't on, in the band, but mm. we have to talk about it. One of the small, very small reasons why that song also really hit home with a lot of people is a certain woman by the name of Tawny Katane oh, that's not a small rolling reason. on the car. That's not a small reason. That was the that was it the, girl. That was the reason, Meredith. That yeah. was whatever Tawny got from here I go again and I don't know what the situation <laughs> but whatever she got, it wasn't enough. She got Coverdale. For a she, small time. She got him for a while. Yeah, I suppose <laughs> that, that in, in the eyes of a lot of women that was pretty was a pretty good deal. Um I got calls, you know, there were no mobiles in those days, but I, my phone was ringing off, off the wall. Not talking about the music, they were talking about the video. Yes. And I wasn't, I wasn't, MTV was very early, and I had no idea about this MTV heavy rotation in America. It was like oh, another world, you know. My, I thought my days of America were long gone by that time, and, you know, somebody would say, oh, no, it's doing really well, it's in the top 30. Oh, good. Oh, that's great. Then it was in the top 20. Then it was none. And suddenly it's taking Whitney Houston mm -hmm. off the top of the charts. But all I'm getting is calls about this woman on a Jaguar. And I said, so finally, you know, I got to see this thing and I, I could understand it completely. Yeah. You know, it was a great song, played really well produced really well with a tremendously viewable video at the time when video and rock were just starting out big time mm -hmm. in the world and I was the beneficiary of that. That's awesome. 
Oh, my Such wife a was good the good feeling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and suddenly it went from there, and it went to number two, and then it went to I think it went to number two, and it went to I think it went to number five. And I think I spoke to John Claude. I can't really remember. I'm sure I called the office because I'd been told it was going to be number one. And I rang up flippantly, you know, not nastily, just to say something like, "Oh, John, you know, you let me down. It was only number two. <laughs> and you know, so they said, they said, "Wait." The following week, it went to number one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And to me, at that point, five years after I'd been in Weinstein, to have, not because I'd been in Weinstein, but for me to be a songwriter with the number one USA hit Mm -hmm. on Billboard, on Cashbox, everywhere, right across the board, was, you know, I, I joined a very elite club. Very elite club. For a British person, you know. Did that change you at all? No, I don't think so. Uh, it made people say, "Well, write another one." Uh, well, I wish, you know, you know, and they don't. But to have written one is enough. I'm, I'm I'm surprised mm. that Trouble uh, didn't go farther than it did because when I listened to that, well, I could have seen in that. In those early days, we we didn't charting. we didn't ha- if we'd have had a, a Geffen Records or a John Colonna when the, the original Whitesnake came over here, we may have been talking about that. But that didn't happen, and that's water under the bridge. That right. that once that period came to an end, it had to go. We ended. It ended. David went away. He moved to America. He lived in Los Angeles for a year. He now lives in uh, Lake Tahoe. Still lives there. He's an American citizen now. And uh, that's it. Here we are in 2018, and uh, you know you've seen it on the Walmart advertisements. You've seen it on movies. You've seen it on everything. You've seen it in The Good Wife heard it you know it's everywhere yeah. it's everywhere and i can't say what it is but it's going to be everywhere in america this year as well you're going to hear it and you still get the royalties from that correct yeah yeah I, good. I, yeah and my my my, my darling daughters uh, will get it for a long time after they don't have an ad so that's all right Aww. yeah it's so a that's really good. nice legacy to leave your it, it's a i think paul rogers you know that's the great paul rogers he said about uh all right now, you know, and he just said that's his piece of mortality, you know, immortality left mm-hmm. on the earth. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's a, I thought that was a pretty cool comment. And that that's my, you know, I could say the same thing. If I didn't do anything ever again, ever, 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 which won't happen because you keep doing stuff. Of course. But I've left something tangible. And it's, you know, millions and millions of plays on American radio alone, let alone anywhere else. And I mean millions and millions. And it just goes on. And awesome. I love playing it. I played it today. Did you? Was you here then? No, I, oh, I you just, just missed, missed it. Because I was on the radio. I only played it for you. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. But it was, it was cool. And you can see the reaction it gets with people. That's the thing. It's a connection. Mm-hmm. You know, and you cannot say anything about, oh, that's just something I knocked off in 10 minutes or five. It's important to people. And uh, it means things... You know, you know, you, I've had comments like, oh, I had my first child listening to this, you know, and you go, oh, or I had my first pre-child mm-hmm. experience listening to this. Yes. And these things, you know, I got married to this, you know, I, uh, my late wife, it was her favorite piece of, you know, this kind of thing, You, not my late wife, but in, in conversation, mm-hmm. because my wife is definitely here, because I was with her this morning. So... Um, <laughs> But you can't make any, you can't suddenly say, oh, it doesn't really mean that much to me. It's just a song. It isn't just a song. No. Because it's, it's important to me. It's important to my family. 
and it's more important to the people out there and it continues to be so and I I think it's a joy a total joy Mm. it's meant something to me in my life too good absolutely well I'm glad you're welcome thank you (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about your girls inside the shine album Mm -hmm. cover you thanked your girls do Mm. you remember what you thanked them for well for, for Telling me to get on with it. Is that what it was? I forgot. It was for giving you a social media presence. Oh, no, yeah, that's, yeah, especially the younger one, Olivia, who still does. She said to me, um, he said, Dad, you've got to join the modern world, basically. And it, it coincided with me signing with this label. And I went to meet them in, uh, in Holland. And the very young, hip team of young people. And this guy, very nice guy, came in and said, Oh, Mr. Mosley, I noticed that your social media skills are... And he was about to... And I went, zero? And he said, uh, maybe less, <laughs> yeah. in, in his Dutch, Dutch way. Oh, maybe less. And I said, I know. I said, but I'm getting the help. I said, my daughter... And I said, my daughter and him kind of corresponded. I Unknown to me. So when we, by the time we got to the point of doing the album sleeve and the credits, I had to say thank you to, especially to Olivia, who now is my voice on social media when people say thank you for following me da 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 thank you for doing it. I'm so glad and it's not me she clears it with me but she knows how slow I am at responding to stuff so she does it see he still hears you yeah and she's just not responding his daughter's that's responding. right that's okay right. so yeah. social media yeah you know a lot of a lot of people and I've talked to a lot of people that don't know how to do it. And it's great to have a team that helps you to yeah. do that because yeah. it's important. And now with social media, with getting word out about your shows, your album, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. what the world has come to. She says to me that night, I'm doing a gig like Friday night, you know, at, at the round said, she'll call me Friday afternoon or she'll text me and she'll say, take pictures, send me words. I'll do the rest. So. Yes. Come Saturday morning, there'll be uh, something from me that I sent to her that she will edit and get it out there. Because she does the Twitter thing as well, which, you know, keeping it down to the words is for somebody like me who talks quite a lot as uh, clinics anyway, uh, it's hard to do. But she's good at it. She's very good at it. So now we have to ask Has Bernie Marsden ever done Snapchat? Uh, Not really, but I uh, I do Instagram now better at that okay we may have to do yeah. the first snapchat mm-hmm. and then you can send it to olivia she'll get a kick she'll out get of a it kick. Okay. absolutely we'll, we'll do that it's hilarious okay right parker yeah. my daughter's in yes, here yeah. hi parker <laughs> tell me about your relationship with prs you're wearing a paul reed smith shirt oh, yeah. right now they're yeah. local they're in stevensville maryland yeah. i was there this morning yes i yeah. heard all about that yeah. tell me about how that relationship came to be i met paul about eight years ago and I always had respect for Paul as a guitar maker and I knew he was a pretty good guitar player as well which most people know these days but then maybe not so and uh, I was in Frankfurt at a guitar seminar and we got talking and he had, he knew all about my past he knew what I'd done this is that so it's, it's about eight years ago and he said why don't you use my guitar and I said because I don't have one which was a lie I did have one but he didn't know and he took off his guitar in a club and he put it around my shoulder and said, well, you do now. <laughs> and that was the beginning of my relationship with Paul Reed Smith. And a year after that, uh, 2008, seven, I think, 
uh, we started to develop the uh, Paul Reed Smith Bernie Marsden signature guitar, and that's still going. Tell I'm me about that signature well. guitar. What makes it a little bit different? What's the signature on it? Uh, I would say probably the control layout is kind of curious. It uh, has two volumes and one tone for two pickups. Guitar players out there will understand that completely. Most of the people will think, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> but it had any, it, uh, most guitars pretty universally have four controls. Controls. This one has three. And uh, people say, Stratocasters have three. So there you go. But it's it's quite that's one. It has a it's made in Korea. It's not made here. There are some made here. They're 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 from their private stock uh, part of the company, which is pretty cool. Uh, but I wanted an affordable guitar for people, so that we could start a conversation at gigs with, you know, I got I have one of your guitars and I love it, rather than I wish I could get one of your guitars but I don't have the money. So. I wanted the guitar to be affordable, so we had them made in Korea, and they're so great. great. And they're great. Yeah, they're really good. I mean, value for money is without exception. I don't think there's a better guitar in the world for the money that you can get one of my signature guitars. Awesome. There you go. You're playing in Annapolis. I am. Any other U.S. shows planned? No, not this time. I was in uh, uh, I was in uh, uh, Powley, New York, in March. I did Daryl's house. I was up there and uh, I know Daryl well. Yeah, yes. yeah, it's this pretty cool gig, and uh, yeah, people always have a good time when they do Daryl's house. It's, it's very, very good, <laughs> and I, I'll be over probably later in the year. I, I've got to go back to Japan, and I've got a bunch of stuff in England, uh, in Britain, during the year. I don't do that many. I do festivals. I, I don't tour per se, like you know, go around do club after club. I, I do. I do. I'm lucky. I do what I want to do, Meredith. You know, I, I I'm here because I'm here with friends. I can hang with Paul for a day, go see him, go and annoy him, and I can get to play in a nice place like the Rams Head and come down and meet the nice people here. And for you to be able to do that, yeah, how cool is that? That's Bernie? great. That's great. So nice. That, that's that's the bonus of uh, going back to it again. Going back to the so here I go again. It gives me the opportunity to choose what I do and. Uh, my wife is here, and we're, we're having a night. We had a, just a three lovely days up in Delaware. She's looking very much forward to, to coming to Annapolis for the first time tomorrow. Steamed crabs, are they in your future? They could well be by the end of the weekend, I would imagine. Crab and steamed yeah. crabs must be consumed when you're here. But just Annapolis is cool. Yeah, Annapolis yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. And she's and never it's been perfect here, so. weather for it, yeah, too. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. All right, I'm going to end our conversation because we're just about at that time. Okay. Uh, with a question that I ask all of my guests. Mm-hmm. What is that moment where you look down and you realize that you have goosebumps all up and down your arms and you go, I cannot believe that this is happening to me? Continually. It never stops. Really? Yeah. I was in the studio with Ginger Baker at Abbey Road a month ago. We were re-recording of a new version me, Joe Bonamassa, a few other guys, and Ginger Baker playing drums, and we were re-recording Sunshine of Your Love. And I, after 40 years, or I think it's more than 40 years, as a professional musician, I was pinching myself all through the session. I pinch myself on airplanes because I'm being paid to go somewhere. I still pinch myself to say, this is real, yeah, this really is happening. You know, 
you know what? My father is 92 years old. He comes over to my house. He's in, you know, I'm lucky that we're lucky that he's in good, pretty good shape. He drives, he cooks, you know, he cleans, he does everything himself. And he'll watch me trying to fix like a light switch or something, you know, like a, like a plug to plug something in the wall. He'll look at me trying to fix it. And he'll shake his head and he'll say, give it to me. And he'll take it off me and he'll look at me like I'm nine years old and go, it's a really good thing you can play the guitar. <laughs> I love right? that, Bernie. And that's the that. way I kind of look at things, you know. Yeah. It's, and I am. I'm fortunate. You know, the only thing I'm any good at, because I, wait, I wasted all my school time playing the guitar, and thankfully it, it, it worked out. Thankfully for my parents and for my family, and most of all for me, you know, here I am talking to you, you know, when you, not alone, let alone your, your, your children, you weren't even born when I started, you know. So it's something is good, and I must be doing something right, and I've been fortunate to work with some brilliant human beings, meeting the greatest people, you know. How many people from a small town of 3,000 people get to meet three of the Beatles and work with them? That's you know? amazing. It's pretty cool. It's very cool. And that's not by accident. It's not coincidence. Some there's a, as as again, my father would say, "Well, there's a good reason for that." Yeah. You're pretty good. It's talent. Yeah. It's it's, well, it's pretty cool. So, you know, and I'm not trying to be all you know hippie-esque and tell you everything's beautiful because it isn't all easy, as you well know in life. You know. Yes. You know, you've got to go through a lot of pain to get cut kind of things. You know, pleasure and pain. You know, they go hand in hand. Yes. Yeah. You well, know better than me. Thank you, Bernie, for, for talking to me today. You're welcome. You heard Martin. it first, thank right you. here. He can't change a light bulb, but he sure as hell can change guitar strings. That's right. And that's what matters. That's that's, that's what my dad says. So let's stay with him. He's right. Yeah, that's good. Let me end this by saying happy belated birthday. Yeah, yesterday. It's your birthday yeah. week. Yeah, it is. Happy birthday. Thank you very much, and Bernie. Uh, thank you for coming out. Marsden on backstage pass. Thank you. Oh, he's just such a sweetheart. He really is so nice and genuine in person. And it was an absolute pleasure. And you know what, Mike? Um, I actually loved talking to him about his social media accounts. His daughter over in the UK runs his social media accounts because, you know, a lot of people his age don't really know how to do it. And his daughter said, Dad... You've got to get on social media. And he's like, what are you talking about? She goes, let me help you. So she helped him. But he had never done Snapchat. So I said. I bet you did. Bernie, we're going to do your first Snapchat. <laughs> and we had little bear ears on. And I and he, I took the picture. I showed him. He goes, oh, that's so cute. Um, What's this going to do for my career? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so I loved it. He's so sweet. Just a nice guy, nice as can be, and uh, a pleasure to talk to. So thank you, Bernie Marsden. Of course, we've got to play the uh, song that had the most famous video of the 80s, Miss Tawny Katane doing splits <laughs> on the car. And, he, you know, I love that story that he just told of... Get uh, off my Jaguar. <laughs> story that he told about how he, how he found out about Tawny Katane. That was a... That was a fun story. So here we go with White Snake. Here I go again. Backstage Pass. You've been hanging backstage with Backstage Pass and Meredith Marks. Now get your ass off the tour bus. 
this is a big timing comedy production. Like a dream. 